free time left. I mean, I can, I'm just going to, I mean, I can cut it off, but um, yeah, we only have an hour, 20 minutes left to free. And then I have to like sign up for like a certain thing, which is no big deal. I'll pay for it. It doesn't bother me. Um, so I'm just going to start. Um, I'm going to cut it off. I'm going to write down what time I'm going to start. I'm going to start at 30 seconds. Okay. Just so I know when I can cut it off. Okay. Welcome to La Casa Blanca podcast. Today, we just felt like talking about Real Madrid. I had a half day at work, a professional development day. O is a couple hours in front of me, so he's done work. Actually, I, you were off today, weren't you? No, I wasn't off. I just got off work like two hours ago. I'm off tomorrow, oh. though. Oh, you're off tomorrow, though. Well, that's nice. <laughs> you have a long weekend. You usually have off Sunday, Monday. Uh, we figured we were texting some things, and we figured might as well just talk about it in a podcast, put it out there, try and get into the flow of doing that instead of texting, because we pretty much text each other all the time. I mean, talking about it now, and um, <clears throat> I mean, we get a lot of – all we do most of the time, we talk about Real Madrid, so – Talking about it in an episode on a podcast, it's going to be 10 times better because we can just lay it out there. And, and for people to listen, it's definitely better than texting in private. Plus, we can convey our points better as well. Yes. <clears throat> Great. We even send voice notes a lot to each other. So it's better just to do it here instead of responding to a five-minute voice note. Might as well respond to a two-minute dialogue instead of having to remember every single thing you've said in a seven-minute voice notes that we do send to each other on a consistent basis. I think we can both agree on that. (laughs) So uh, I know something you really wanted to get into is Jude Bellingham because of his performances in recent weeks. You watched him with England, and then he was awesome against Sevilla, and we know where Sevilla's at right now, but, you know... Let me know what you think about Jude, and then I'll get into my opinion. I think I think Jude is something special. I mean, there's a reason why Real Madrid are all in for him. Real Madrid are rarely all in for a player. When, when you want a player, and the club refuses to sell him or his price is too high, we usually, if we're not that into the player... <clears throat> We'll just we'll we'll either negotiate for a bit and then just leave, or if we do like the player, we just go all in like we did for Chouameni, and we just we never gave up. Marco was saying that we are we're never getting past uh, the um, sixty mil the sixty mil mark, but we did. We reached a hundred mil with add-ons for Chouameni, and. A reason for that is um, because of Casemiro leaving, <clears throat> which is why I want Jude. Because at the same time, I know Cruz is going to retire. I know that Tony Cruz, he's probably playing his last season at Real Madrid. And I think Jude Bellingham and having Kamavinga and Fede <clears throat> Chouameni in the same midfield that's a midfield for the next decade. And I do think that 
Jude is the missing piece. He's the last piece of the puzzle. And I do think going all in for Jude Bellingham is the right choice to do, especially taking into consideration the fact that Tony Cruz is going to retire this year or next year. Yeah. And, you know, I think I, you know, I've watched Jude well before we were even linked with him because, as you know, I'm a huge Holland fan. So I would tune into a lot of their games with Holland. I like uh, Gio Reyna, who's an American player. I think he's awesome. So, like, you know, I kind of, and if I had a Bundesliga team per se, it would, if there was a Bundesliga team I supported, it would be Dortmund. So I've seen, I've watched a lot of Jude. I've always come away with Jude is a good player, but I will say these past couple games that I've watched with him, he's kind of, it kind of seems he's, you know, the potential was always there, but he's finally, in my opinion, gotten to the point where he is consistently one of the best midfielders in the world. And, you know, I don't know, I think it's up for debate whether he is better than Fede. He's definitely better than Kamavinga right now, but I, it's definitely, you know, our last podcast, we talked about how good Fede was right now. I personally don't believe he's better than Fede right now. I don't think he's better than Chuameni right now. Granted, they all play different positions, but, you know, we when it comes to making a starting 11, there's 11 names on the team sheet no matter what. And I'm a big proponent of, you know, you want to get your best 11 guys on the field as much as possible, which, you know... It, to me, it makes sense. You figure out whatever you want formation-wise. And I do think Jude can be a part of that 11. And maybe maybe the switch to Jude is because of the lack of attackers that we see, like young attackers that are world-class. And, you know, this is something I've talked about a lot with you, and, you know, I'll get into it. You know, we kind of see Holland, Mbappe, we see Vinny, and, you know, now Rodrigo. But, you know, beyond that, there aren't many young attackers. You know, you have Rafael Leal, but, you know, you can only sign so many young attackers. And really, strikers is something that's very, very weak position. And if you don't have Holland or Vlahovic, you know, it, it's kind of a step down. And, you know, Mbappe's playing as a striker, but he's not really a striker. He was a forward. But, you know, so... We need to, I guess the club is trying to get as many big names as possible. You know, a little Galactico project. We, you know, we're Real Madrid. That's what we do. We, you know, no one's going to complain about that. And I think Jude fits the bill for that. But I think it's going to be at the expense of an attacker most days instead of a midfielder. Um, I think, I think there will be times where we'll go with a front three, you know, so I think we will, you know, I I think we'll go for Holland. So, you know, I think there will be games. We'll, we'll go Vinny, Holland, Rodrigo. But just like right now, I think there might be games where, you know, we last game we essentially played a 4-4-2. You know, it didn't look like that. But in motion, it looked like that. Rodrigo tucked in, Fede provide his width. And I think this might be something the club is looking to do is they look at the midfielders and they're like, oh, man, we have some good midfielders. And we had another one. And, there, you know, obviously at times one of these players will rest. But I think our Gala 11 might involve all four of those midfielders in the lineup if we sign Jude. And my the only reason I would have been against Jude was be would be because I would be like, look, I'm a big fan of Fede. I'm a big fan of Kamavinga. I'm a big fan of Chuameni. You know, too much talent isn't always a good thing, right? We can look at um, the Cruz, Modric, Kovacic. 
Casemiro, all ultra-talented players, but Kovacic was like, see you later, right? Um, Danny Ceballos was one of the best midfielders in La Liga, and, you know, unfortunately, it got to the point where, you know, we had to send him on loan, and, you know, I'm a big fan of Danny Ceballos, but it has really hurt him in the long run. And I think this is something that Florentino is looking at and he's thinking and he's looking at the squad and he's like, you know, we could really use, we could use four midfielders and be okay. I think, uh, (laughs) I think I agree with everything that you said and I would like the opportunity or take the opportunity to ask you about something because in my head i know we can play um all four of them at the same time in the midfield right and it will be in the expense of an attacker but it's not going to be vinicius if we do go for holland it's not going to be on the expense of holland it's not going to be in the expense of benzema so i guess what i'm trying to say is will rodrigo be here in three years will rodrigo even play for real madrid in a few years because i don't i've never seen it because i've always preferred rodrigo on the left now he's he's been playing well as um as a nine too yeah but he's been mainly playing well as a striker he's he's a really good he's a really good striker um like last game he plays he basically plays at 10 slash nine he was he was everywhere um and um, I just – if we do end up signing an attacker, which we will, and it's going to be a big name like Holland, um, I just don't see Rodrigo being here for the next – I don't know. I don't, I don't expect Rodrigo to be here as long as Vinicius, for example. I don't expect him to be here as long as Lukmanis or Cruz or Benzema. I don't expect Rodrigo to be here for very long. I expect him to leave soon because – He's a really good player, and whoever we're going to sign as an attacker, whoever we're going to sign as a midfielder, it's going to take away game time from Rodrigo. Maybe he'll be a good sub, but like, who who wants to be a sub, right? Who wants to spend the, the who wants to spend most of their career on the bench? He's a good he. Rodrigo would start for a lot of big teams in Europe, and he's a really good player. So I just, if we do sign an attacker and we do sign Jude and we play a uh, with four players in the midfield, I just do not see Rodrigo um, staying at Real Madrid. Maybe he'll maybe he'll be here next year. Maybe he'll be here uh, the year after that. Maybe even the year after that. But he's not gonna be he's not gonna be here in four years or three years. That's that's my take. No, I um, agree. I agree. I think he's too good to be on the bench. Honest to God, and I'm sure you'd agree with that notion. Um, and Rodrigo, you know, I think he would be perfect for someone like Pep Guardiola, you know, just based on his skill set and his ability to score and his movement. And, you know, if Pep could get hit, you know, in your opinion, you know, no bias, who's better? Who's going to be a better player in two years, Rodrigo or Phil Foden? You know, like for me, it's it's Rodrigo. I mean, you know me. I'm anti. I'm anti Englishman. So uh, Foden for me is he's very overrated. He's overrated one because he's English, two because he plays for Man City. Um, he's so especially I, overrated in FIFA. <laughs> yeah, very much. So 
like for Rodrigo is only 81 rated, which is ridiculous in my opinion. But um, yeah, to answer your question, I do I do think Rodrigo has a he has a higher ceiling. Rodrigo can end up being um, a top five player or a top eight, top ten. He's definitely going to be in a top ten. He definitely can be a top ten, um, and he definitely can be a top five. Um, but like every young prospect, he needs game time, and he's he's just not going to get consistent game time. And I'm talking about starting every single game, especially with how um, how Real Madrid is apparently planning to shape up. I do think we're going to play a four four two. Maybe it won't be a four four two exactly, but we it, it, but it will be a variation of of a four four two, just like how we played against Shakhtar, like you said. It was a four four two on paper, and you know Fede didn't play on the wings, but he was he was still on the midfield, just on the right side of the midfield. And I I personally thought he played amazing in that role. Um, you're basically taking Fede, and um, and he's you know he he plays amazing on a on a right as a right winger he he's not the best right winger but he plays great there and he plays amazing in the midfield so you're basically taking the best of both worlds and telling him to uh to just uh play exactly how he wants to play and i do think that federico in that role he plays amazing and him playing amazing in that role opens up space in the midfield for jude right for Jude and Kamavinga to start when once um once what once Modric and, and Cruz retire, um but unfortunately that does take away from Rodrigo because I don't think Rodrigo actually fits in the midfield. He doesn't fit in the attack because I like I said I do think we're gonna sign an attacker. So yeah, again to answer your question, I do think Rodrigo will be a ten times better player than Foden can ever be, if. He gets game time. Yeah, and, you know, I have no problems with Rodrigo at all. I've always been a big Vinicius guy, and some people take that as a hit on Rodrigo, and it's never been a hit on Rodrigo. You know, at the beginning of last year, I was saying, or at the beginning of this year, I was saying, you know, well, everyone's like, oh, Rodrigo's going to take that Vinny step. And, like, to me, players don't just take that Vinny step. That's not how this works. You know, like, this isn't some sort of fairy tale where players are just all linear and, you know, everything's done a certain way, and it's just not done that way. But Rodrigo has proven me wrong, and that's fine. You know, the th- people act like, oh, you're wrong. Like, dude, I wanted to be proven wrong. Like, what? You think I don't want our players to succeed? You know, like, and just to get back to Rodrigo, I do think last game he played in his best position, which I believe is an inverted f- winger, right? Which or as a left winger, but I think his skill set suits him best as an inverted winger. And I think, and this is just my opinion, I think he could be a replacement for Kareem Benzema, right? Like when we look for what he does on the field, what he can do, if you wanted to keep the team the same way and you wanted an attacking winger, you could fill that role. But the problem is there's really no, there, no, not really. There isn't a good right winger out there today. I can't think of one except for like, you know, um, what's his name? Mohamed Salah, who I don't really care for, but, you know, Mohamed Salah is a good player. Yeah, yeah. Um, But, you know, Mohamed Salah is a good player. Uh, I can give him that. You know, I have no problem saying that. 
And, but Mohamed Salah is not going to come to Real Madrid and play, and we're not going to sign a player that, well, Riyad Mahrez is another good right winger. But the right wingers that are good are not young. You know, we're a young team. We're trying to get, we're trying to become younger. That's kind of our, you know, we're trying to hit that transition from old guard to new guard. And we've started to build that new guard. And that's where someone like Jude Bellingham comes in. And I think someone like Rodrigo might stay here for a little while. I just don't think him, he's going to be here long-term. You know, he, eventually he, Rodrigo is going to be sitting here like, man, I, you know, I want to, I want to play for the Brazilian national team. Like I, I want, I want game time. Like I, I need to, I want to win a world cup, you know, and because we know how much Brazilians really value the world cup. And you know, looking historically at Brazilians, you know, Marcelo's kind of an outlier. Brazilians don't stay at one club their whole career. That's not really normal. And like, even Casemiro staying here as long as he did, you know, like, it's it's because we were good and he was useful. And honestly, a lot of other clubs didn't value his skill set because of the uh, focus on tactics, right? And the focus on the, you know, Regista, Pirlo-esque, uh, Busquets-esque, Chabi Alonso-esque, holding mid over a destroyer like Casemiro. And I'm not Casemiro's biggest fan, but, you know, Neither of us are. Uh, yeah, which is fine. You know, it's just I prefer the Chabi Alonso. You know, I prefer the Busquets. I prefer the Pirlo. But point being, Brazilians don't always stay in places for long. R9 jumped around. Neymar jumped shit from Barca to go to PSG to only find out that, guess what? The grass ain't greener on the other side. And you know what? The truth is maybe Rodrigo will feel that way when he gets somewhere. But, you know, he won't know until he goes. And, you know... We see a lot of videos of Vinny, Fede, and Chuamenio hanging out and being friends and all this kind of stuff. But, like, you know, those four, uh, Rodrigo is in that mix, but we don't see Rodrigo as much with them as we see those three, like, hanging out. And, you know, friendship will play a role, and, you know, that will play a role for Rodrigo, and I'm sure it will be tough for him to leave one day because of that, you know, because he'll want to stay with, you know, because he's built these relationships, but he needs to do what's best for his career at some point. I mean, which will be leaving agree on that. which will yeah. be leaving you know like and i don't want him to leave i would love for him to stay but we don't live in a utopia that that's a thing oh uh, thing with rodrigo he's just he's too he's too good to play on the bench but at the same time he's he's still not at that place where he can start in he can start every game not yet at least but thing is, you never you never really know just how good a player is until he he does start every single game, right? He he he's just a player who sits on the bench, right? Comes off the bench or starts, you know, every 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 few games he starts one game or, or so. Um, like obviously Rodrigo plays more than your average uh, substitute, but he's still not. At that point where he's a regular starter, like if you take Vinicius yeah. for example, he's been a starter at Real Madrid since he was eighteen. He's been he's been he's been he's been starting for Real Madrid since he was a, a teenager, right? Mm-hmm. So and that helped him a lot to develop. Obviously, like his development is honestly thanks to uh, Carlo Ancelotti. We could have had um, 
he could have developed even earlier had Ancelotti took took over earlier. But I guess we're just that we'll never know. And I guess I'm not even complaining. Like Vinicius right now for me, like I said, he's the best player in the world. And like I just him and the reason why he is so good and why he's he's at the form that he is today is because he starts every single game. And not only does he start, he finishes most games, right? Ancelotti even refuses to take him, even if he's playing bad. That's the level that that, that Vinicius is at right now. He's a, he's a top five player, and he's, he's simply a franchise player. He's, he's the face of Real Madrid at the moment. Um, so... And and a big reason for that is because he's he, he's he, he used to start every game and now he's at that level where you just you can't really take him out of the starting eleven. <clears throat> While Rodrigo, um, he can come on come on as a sub and he'll score two goals, start the next game and be inconsistent, just not not play very well. He can start a game and not play very well. He can start another game and score a fucking hat trick, but. Um, but you know he's very, he's very inconsistent, and you can't really get that consistency unless you start every single game for whichever club that you're at. Yeah, and you know this is just to reinforce the notion of what you're talking about. It's also a confidence thing, you know, Vinny. You know, and this is not a shot at Zidane. This is just what happened. This is factual. Vinny would play well. Zidane would bench him. How is he supposed to build momentum? Right now, Rodrigo was playing well. And guess what? Ancelotti kept playing him. And guess what? Rodrigo played bad against Asasuna. But guess what? He still started the game after. Even though he played bad. If this was Zidane, he would have benched him for someone. Which is fine. You know, each coach is different. I'm not I'm not blaming Zidane on anything. You know, he felt that he was doing the right and correct thing. And, you know, him and Carlo clearly have different mindsets for things. But point being, Rodrigo is given the confidence right now from Carlo Ancelotti, just like Vinicius was. And that is important for the team and for Rodrigo. And you know, I do you have anything else you'd want to say on Rodrigo specifically? I would I will say that since you mentioned Zidane, he was notorious for benching players after um after playing well and playing bad, which was honestly the most annoying trait about him. Like I like you know I'm a big Ceballos fanboy and when Ceballos finally had his start his first start with Real Madrid when Luka Modric was injured. And Ceballos started against Alaves in 2017, and he scored two goals. He didn't play for the next three or four games. Um, so Zidane, he had issues. He, like People like to say that Zidane developed a lot of young players like Fede, but I wouldn't really credit him for, for Fede. I wouldn't really credit Zidane for the development of any young players that we've had um he he always, he trusted the old guard too much and and yeah i t- i totally agree zidane just he did he he really um didn't give Vinicius the confidence that he needed um and had 
had he gave yeah, and the uses the confidence, know, I'm not going to piggyback off that point, but I want to piggyback off the June might have point. Been, just to mention uh, that like, honestly, if like, Junie maybe the news would have already won the bottle. Wants to sign Jude Bellingham, then I want to sign Jude Bellingham. I, I do not have an opinion. If Junie Caliphate won something, he has earned my trust, the club's trust everyone's trust that if he says a player is going to be a top player, you know what? I trust him. So if he's saying we're signing Jude Bellingham, guess what? I'm a hundred percent on board. And, you know, Juni Califit is just, he signed Vinicius, he signed Odegaard, he signed Fede, he signed Rodrigo, he signed Rainier, who, you know, it's a completely different point. I would, I would, I would give him a chance at the club here pretty soon. Rainier Jesus, I would give him a chance without a shadow of doubt. Rainier Jesus should have a chance to play at this club at some point. Um, but Juni Califit, I trust him. I would honestly let this dude, you know, if he told me to jump off a bridge, I'm jumping off a bridge because I trust this dude with my life. You know, anything you'd like to add? I mean, actually, no. Um, there's legit nothing to add. Um, so... This man basically built built us a team for the next ten years. Um, he, he's, he still is. He's still um, talking to Jude, his family, his entourage, and he's trying to get this deal done. And if there's one thing we know about him, that if he wants to get something done, if he's negotiating himself with a player, then that player is special and. You know, I just I hear a lot of talk on social media and stuff because I do a lot of that um, of people saying that we should move away from Bellingham. He's not that good, and honestly, like I don't think people should be giving their like I I don't care about people's opinions, but if a scout, if a world renowned scout who brought us versus Junior, brought us Rodrigo, who brought us Kamavinga. Um, Chua Meni, Fidi Valverde. Um, if he wants a player, or if he knows that this player is good, then I don't know. I just, for me, I don't think uh, it, it should be a debate whether that player is good or not. Because a scout, he watches he watches that player intensively. He knows all the um, all his stats, all his metrics. He knows more than any of us could ever do, right? He, he we will never be as um, as smart or as genuine as a scout, a person who legit scouts players as a job, right? We will never be, we will never have that intuition. We will never do, right? So for people to say that we shouldn't pursue him because they don't think he's good, I just I find that ridiculous. Um. Because I would, like I said, like I, I myself would, to trust 
trust him with my life. He's the he's honestly the goat. He uh, I can't imagine Real Madrid. He he did build this club for the next ten years, and I, I honestly I can't wait for the talents that he's gonna bring to us for the next five for the next five years. Um, uh, I'm I'm sure. Like I would really like to use that as as a segue to talk about Enrique and to hear your thoughts about him. So from what I've seen, he's an ultra talented kid, but I haven't watched him personally on any games because I'm not watching the Brazilian league just because I don't even know where I would watch it for starters. But I think if Juni Califit likes him and thinks he's worth everything, then I really just... Juni Califit says so, and I'm I'm agreeing with him, and that's really all I have to say about Enric and you know his talent. And if Vinicius Junior says he's the real deal, then I trust Vinny too, you know, because I'm sure he does pay attention to the Brazilian league and he's a professional, and you know Vinny knows what it takes to get to the top. And if he says this kid has what it takes to get to the top, who am I to say he's wrong? And that's really all I can say about it because. I don't watch the Brazilian league much, actually, at all. I might turn on like Copa Libertadores if it's on, and I find it, but I don't openly seek it out. It's actually interesting because he only had his professional debut yesterday. Yeah, I saw that. I found that really interesting. Um, because honestly, like for me, I think he's a talented boy, but um, to make the decision to buy him or not to buy him. That is something that we need to wait for. We need to wait at least two years, see how he does with the first team, see how he does with the big boys first. And then if he performs well, if he does um, put, in, put in good numbers, because he's a striker, right? So he needs to put in good numbers. Um, he needs to show good movement. He needs to you know, improve his physicality because... Um, you know, one of the things that Vinicius worked on when he's once he um um once he had joined Real Madrid and played for the first team, he worked on on his body because that's something that you need to do if you move into Europe from Brazil. If you look at Vinicius um when he first joined Real Madrid at eighteen or seventeen, um he looked like a twelve year old boy. He had the body of a twelve year old boy. Now, you know, he his body is different. He's he's bigger. He's more muscular. He's stronger. Um, and especially in La Liga, since it's, I, I would argue, the most physical um, league in the world. It's definitely the most aggressive um, in all of Europe. Um, so he needs to work on his body. He needs to work on, on himself and his skills and improve himself. Um, and, you know, if he does um, put in good numbers, if he just perform well for, for the first team, then, yeah, paying 60 mil which is his release clause, I think will be a bargain. Um, we saw that bargain with Vinicius, which we, we only paid like 45 mil for Vinicius, which seemed excessive at the time, but now it's a it's a bargain, basically. Um, so yeah, um, I think um, I think we need to wait and see. That's That's my take. And I think that's fair. I think I agree. I mean, I, anyone that says we should sign him I know probably hasn't watched them because they probably don't live in Brazil and watch them consistently. And 
the only reason they should be saying we should sign him is to probably take him from other clubs. And you know what? That's fine, but that's never worked out for us in the past. Taking players from other clubs that other pl- clubs can't sign them has actually only hurt us in the past. And one comes to mind. Could you guess who I'm thinking of? Um, Jovic? No. Well, yes, but not the one that I had in mind. This guy was actually... they. So Danilo is who I'm talking about. And Florentino... Aww. We were all calling for Danny Carvajal to start, and Florentino kept pushing Danilo to start at the time. I know you remember that because we – not that we weren't friends then, but I'm sure you were in the same boat as me because I believe you have solid football knowledge. So I don't believe that we should sign him just to make sure other teams don't get him. I mean, Danilo was a ticking time bomb. I mean, that guy was awful. To this day, I can't believe that Man City paid 30 mil to have him. I just I can't believe that uh, Guardiola watched one of his games or watched a video of Danilo and thought that guy is the perfect right back for me. I honestly I can't, I can't believe it. I didn't think he played terrible under Pep, though. I'm not gonna lie. Like he wasn't great, but. He wasn't bad. He just shouldn't have... My biggest problem with him was I was very happy with him being a backup, but he should have never been a starter for us. He was a very defensive liability. Probably he the was. biggest that we've ever had. Um, like to, 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 Since you mentioned him, oh, God, it still pains me to this day. The own goal that he scored against Celta Vigo, and we would have had a sextable hat and hadn't he done that because... Um, you know that that was that was the perfect year, and he 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 legit ruined it, ruined it for us. We could we would have won Copa del Rey after God knows how long. Um, and we would have had a sextuple, and it would have been the most successful year that Real Madrid has ever had. But you know, he he, he can't have everything. Unfortunately, we did went on to win a, a three P, <clears throat> which I guess is. Uh, is more than fine, um, but you know, I, I just, I he never really convinced me, and not even as a bench player, not even as a backup player. I just, I never really liked him. Um, but yeah, I let's mean, just remember that Odriozola literally was crucified, sent to the wolves, sent out on loan. You know, has not been the same since he he got that red card that ended up costing us a game, a league game, nonetheless, right? I believe it was a league game against a small opposition. He ended up getting a red card. Um, against Mallorca, still remember? Yeah, it so like, like it was yesterday. It wasn't even a big game, you know. Like, and he got crucified, but Danilo didn't. And you know, I don't want to harp on Danilo because he's not even here anymore. And you know what? I I have no problems with him personally. You know, like I just. Yeah, footballing-wise, wasn't a fan. Uh, so I kind of want to talk about Florentino's quotes and specifically what he talked about um, with the Super League and just kind of use this to segue the, that he talk, his, talk, his quotes at the Assembly um, and just segue this to get your opinion on the Super League. Okay. Um, if you're asking me what I think about the Super League, you know more than anyone, just how in I am for the Super League to start. Just how just how much I want this competition to start. 
I I just I have no thoughts about the Super League because all I want is for for this competition to take place because because it's what's going to save football because it's it's the only thing that we can do to actually compete with Premier League clubs. Um, as you know, Prem clubs are the richest clubs in the world. Um, no matter how much money Ranger makes, we will never be as financially stable as Prem clubs. Um, so if the world was to have another pandemic, if another pandemic was to hit, Real Madrid could potentially go bankrupt. We cannot handle another two years without fans. We cannot handle, um, two more years without, um, without football. We just, we can't handle two more years without, um, having, without money, without Without revenue, without good, stable, actual revenue, right? But Prem clubs, they can survive 10 years of a pandemic and they will always be rich. The pandemic only gave them more power because they stayed so financially stable that um, uh, that other clubs cannot compete anymore. We, we used to compete because... Um, we used to compete because our revenue was stable, but our revenue was greatly affected due to the pandemic, while theirs, I would argue, it, incre- it increased um, because of the, all the DVD, TV deals that they have. Um, so the only, the only solution for that, the only thing that we can do as a club like Real Madrid, as a club like Bayern, as a club like Juventus, as a club like Inter Milan, Milan, um, I would I would hope for Bayern to join because if Bayern joins, then we must be doing something right because you know I would say that Bayern are the second best club in football history after Real Madrid. So if if both of us in this are in, in the same boat, clubs will only Clubs will only have one choice, and that is to jump in and join the Super League and dump um, the UEFA Champions League, which is, you know, I would say it's a corrupt um, competition. And UEFA is very corrupt, which is why this competition needs to take place, and it needs to take place as soon as possible. Yeah, for me, it's less selfish and more so just get, you know, get UEFA's hands out of our pockets. These clubs are making so much money, and UEFA is just stealing money for the clubs, and who knows what even for. You know, I don't know what they're using this money for. I don't know. I don't know why they need so much money. Like I, I saw, like the clubs were only getting like before this. The Super League actually pushed UEFA, as I'm sure you know, to actually give the clubs more money because that was part of the problem. The clubs were getting 45 percent of. The the revenue, why the clubs are everything? Why is the why is the governing body getting fifty five percent and the clubs getting forty five percent? Oh, they bumped it up, so now it's fifty fifty. That's still wrong. And to me, that's why I'm pro Super League. And you know, I just think personally, I think we need to change the concept of it. I want it to be the exact same thing like the Champions League, but different, right? So I want it to. I want to see 
you know, Bayern versus Real Madrid. You know, Florentino was like, over the last 10 years, Nadal has played Federer 59 times, and it's just still exciting every single time. Yeah, but the thing is, is, you know, actually, I'm going to get, I'll get there. That's a different point. I'm going to get there. Um, but, you know, get UEFA's hands out of our pockets. That's my biggest part about it. But I want to see the competition be more inclusive. You know, I want to see a Europa League-esque competition right below. I want to see teams to be able to get relegated. I want to see teams to be able to get promoted. You know, I want to see the teams that do well in their league get in. Like, I, I don't want it to be this boys exclusive club. You know what I'm saying? Like kind of like the way they portrayed it with like, oh yeah, Tottenham's here and Arsenal's here. Like, no, no, those clubs got fifth and sixth in the league when he were, or were fifth and sixth in the league when the super league was being promoted. So no, they shouldn't, no, they shouldn't be here. No, I'd, I'd rather have AC Milan here or, you know, AC Milan now. AC Milan then probably wasn't too good because I think this was proposed. Was it last year or the year before? It was in 2020. Okay, so we're talking about two years now, literally. So we, though I think the financial situation should be better for clubs, I think UEFA needs to get their hands out of the pockets. And I, I, wanted, I want it to be more inclusive. To me, that is how you sell it. Look, I just want to get UEFA – just sell it as I just want to get UEFA's hands out of our pockets. Sell it as that. I'm not taking away your your, your rainy day in Sunderland as you know the Prem fans were ta- yelling to the freaking gods. No, I just want to get UEFA's hand out of our pocket. And to me, that's the big deal. And that's something that needs to change. But – you know, something Florentino wants is Florentino wants to, you know, he's a businessman. He wants to increase revenue as much as possible. I agree. You know, and his thing about, I think, I think the Super League more so stands for we need a change in the sport than we need a Super League, right? So to speak. Like, I think we the games become a little stale when you look at other professional leagues, you know, the MLB, the NBA, the NFL. They're always making changes to make it more viewer friendly or making changes to bring in technology. And like, yeah, football's trying that with VAR, but like it, w- what are the complaints of people that don't like football? The time wasting, the flopping, all these kind of things and, you know, these are things that we could eliminate with simple changes and they, and I'm not saying we should do it right away. Cause you know, you're going to have those old heads that are going to be like, keep the sport the same way, which is fine. I agree. But you know, you can keep the sport the same, but make changes to make it better, you know? And you know, I know they like 45 minutes running clock, but I've talked about this with you and you know, I've actually kind of recently come to this and like 60 minutes, 30 minute half running, like not a running clock. We stopped the ball and out of play ball out of plays you know it's just simple it's a simple fix and guess what you'll actually get more action that way because it's statistically proven that teams aren't actually playing for 60 minutes they're playing less than 60 minutes a game on everything the time wasting you know the balls out of play everything is there's i think they said like the lowest game they saw was like 
42 minutes of action or something like that, which is insane. It's a 90-minute game. You only have 42 minutes of action. Like That's why people like football is because you know you watch 45 minutes, there's a 15-minute break, and then you watch another 45 minutes. It's the quickest sport of all sports. I don't know that that to me that's more so what the Super League should represent, and this is something. And you know, I know it got a little off topic here, but that's something. This is this goes into the quotes that Florentino are, are talking about. He's like, not enough people are watching football. The you know, society's changing. They'd rather play FIFA than watch football. They'd rather you know, play Fortnite than watch football. They they'd rather watch highlights than actually sit down and watch an entire game. And you know. You can call them a casual fan. You can call them whatever they want, but guess what? Those types of people, if we can get them watching games, we're bringing in more revenue into the sport. And any sort of changes that we can make to make the sport better, I'm all I'm all ears. I'm not saying what I'm saying is right or wrong, but I'm all ears to make the sport better. I think I agree with everything as you said. Um, and I would like to add that UEFA are, are very greedy. Not only are they greedy, they are they put too much pressure on the players, and that pressure will be relieved by the Super League. Because one of the um, one of the um, one of the things that the Super League will do is actually reduce the number of games that the players play. Um, while we, while UEFA wants to increase the number of teams and in turn increase the number of games. Um, also, that legacy—I don't know what it's called—but essentially, um, the most prominent team or one of the most prominent teams of um, in a top five league, like Manchester, like for example, if Manchester United gets sixth place and they don't make it into Champions League, they can qualify to the uh, the Champions League just because they're a big club, right? They they don't deserve to go there. They're not they, made, they didn't make it in the top four, but you know. Uh, they can make it into the competition just because they're a big club. And when I heard that, I was like, well, isn't that exactly – isn't that exactly why people don't want the Super League? Um, because uh, top clubs will always have a place in the competition. Um, and, you know, no one, no one said anything about it. No one attacked uh, UEFA. No one, just everyone just stayed silent, um, which I found – extremely hypocritical um but you know uefa keeps adding competitions that um that only harm the sport more games does not mean more entertainment we don't we're not interested in watching nations league no one is interested in, wa- in watching Nations i don't league. care yeah, i do not care it, i can guarantee you yeah a billion international breaks i don't care i don't want to watch this shit and it's definitely it definitely harms club football because players go into their national teams and they ha- and they get injured. Always, Barcelona have like four injuries from international breaks. So, um, I mean, we don't we don't really give a shit about Barcelona, but you know they're they're a, they're they're an example, right? Um, so yeah, feel like they their players keep getting injured. Players from all the big teams are getting injured, and you're actually. International breaks, especially if especially UEFA Nations League, it basically does only target big teams, right? If you look at the if you look at the um, the game against Osasuna, Real Madrid versus Osasuna, how many players from Real Madrid went to went up, went on to international break? While Osasuna players, how many Osasuna players went went into uh, international breaks? 
it's the the numbers are astronomical. Something like twelve Remington players went to international duty, and Osasuna players had zero players going to international duty. Right, so it's it's I, I don't want to use the word unfair, but it it does give smaller teams an advantage that they shouldn't have, right? Because players come from uh, international breaks tired, right, and teams just lose their momentum if. Real Madrid was on a, on a winning streak up until international break where they played three games in the UEFA Nations League, which is not a needed competition. The qualifiers for the World Cup are already, are already done. We play the World Cup in a, in, in a month or so, right? So stopping club football for UEFA Nations League because UEFA wants to make more money because UEFA wants to play as many games a year as possible is only doing the sport harm. And um, I don't only want the Super League, I also want U- UEFA dismantled. Um, exactly. Because, because UEFA do not care about players, they don't care about clubs, they don't give them enough money when clubs make... Um, clubs legit make the competition. Uh, Seferin can say that uh, if Real Madrid and Juventus in Barcelona they do not want to play in the in the um, in the UCL, that they can leave or whatever, um, and that the competition will still remain successful. That's what Al Khalifi said, the uh, the the <laughs> the douchebag PSG president who thinks he's the king of the world, um, had said. Um, you know, if you if we want to leave, then we can leave. The competition will remain the same. No, the competition will not remain remain the same. No one, oh, uh, no one turns on their TV to watch. No casual football fan opens their TV to watch PSG. They don't open open the TV to, to watch Manchester City. They maybe they watch for Bappe. Maybe they watch for Holland, but they're not gonna watch for PSG. They're not gonna watch for Man City. They're not gonna watch for um, um, you know, for the nobody clubs. You open the t- you you switch on the TV because you want to watch a club like Real Madrid, who's won the competition fourteen times. You you switch on the TV because you want to watch a club like Barcelona. You switch on switch on TV because you want to watch a club like Juventus or Bayern. Um, maybe not Juventus right now because they're playing awful football, but Juventus are still a big club uh, in European football, unlike PSG, unlike Man City. Um, so yeah, UEFA would lose a lot of revenue if we were to get kicked out of the competition. Um, so, and actually like to have a, to have a person like Nasser Al-Khalife being the president of the, of the association for our European clubs is disgraceful. That alone should be a red flag when it comes to, uh, the management of UEFA. And the UEFA Champions League in general. So I'm just going to bring up a point and then we can move on to something else. But uh, I don't know if you saw when uh, Wagner came out, Arsene Wagner came out and said that instead of cutting off teams in the middle of the season to send their players on international break, how about you just give them a month off, they all go to the international breaks in like February – and then we just rest- – you know, wh- why do we have to keep sending them away? Like send them away once, let them play their games. We'll take a month off from the season, and we'll just call it quits. 
and everyone threw a hissy fit. But now here we are. Here we are doing it for the World Cup while still sending guys on international break. It makes me sick. Makes me sick. Uh, that's all I want to say on that topic. Do you have anything else before we move on to the next point? I would like to say that people who disagree with them are probably big fat idiots. That's that's my take. <laughs> Hot take there. Uh, so you had texted me about a Holland petition thing, and I haven't even looked at it. I had a PD day today, so I was in meetings all morning for my half day. But I was like, you know what? Just save it for the podcast. We'll transition it into something else. So explain to me what happened with the Holland petition thing. So basically, a bunch of trolls <laughs> started a petition for the um, for the parliament in Britain to... Um, <laughs> To remove Holland from the Premier League because he's a robot. It's just too easy for him. It's too easy. Yeah, it got oh, is it, to this. It got two over two million uh, signatures so far. Over two million. That's how good <laughs> people legit do not want to see him in football. Well, <laughs> you know, and something I will say about Holland is, you know. And Lewandowski, you know, what happened to that Farmers League? And you know me, I hate I hate the term Farmers Leagues. Like, each league's different. Like, you know, you, you know, say that there's a league disparity. Don't shit on the league just because one team wins all the time. You know, the way that uh, financial fair play was set up, it was to – it was really to – they acted like it was to keep teams financially stable, which it didn't. All it did was hinder teams and – help teams that won and hinder teams that couldn't and you couldn't inject money into a club to make them better even though teams are still doing that but they're just doing it by paying off uefa um but you know that's not the point of this the point of this is the fact that the bundesliga comes out great in this they're not they're not farmers league they're not oh let's see let's see lewandowski do it in la liga well guess what he is Let's see. I mean, uh, uh, what league is it? Wait, you mean to tell me Erling Holland scoring more goals at a higher clip now than he was in the uh, in the Bundesliga, which is the highest scoring league in the world? And he's scoring more and, you know, apparently in quotations, the best league in the world. Uh, maybe maybe it's not a maybe it's not a farmer's league and maybe the EPL is a farmer's league. Maybe I don't know. You know, I just want to put that out there. Holland's doing it at a better clip now than he did before Dortmund. And you know what? I'm not going to call EPL Farmers League because they're not. But it's because he's surrounded by better players now. That's why he's putting them in at a better clip. He's surrounded by Kevin De Bruyne, Phil Foden. You know, the only good player. I mean, Julian Brandt's good, but he's no, you know. The, he's no Kevin it's obvious. De yeah, like it's obvious. Like the players at Dortmund aren't as good as the players at City. That's just a factual statement. Anything to add? I mean, I mean if you're not going to say that the, the Prem is a farmer's league, I will. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, the Prem is just... They, if you want to be... Okay, so if you look at the number of players who move to the Prem from La Liga or whatever, most players who move from, from, from France to the Prem, from La Liga to the Prem, they put in better performances. They they became better players, and that's because that's not because it's a better league, but because it's in it's it's easier to score in the Prem than it is in La Liga or for, or, or the or the French league for that matter. The there's acres of space in in the Prem, 
Um, something that you do not find in La Liga. No, um, not at all. So, and I'm glad that Howell is putting in great numbers because he is making he's making it look easy. He's making it look extremely easy. A player like Cristiano Ronaldo, right? He scored 18 goals in the EPL at the age of 37. Um, Ibrahimovic, I, I think he scored around the same amount of goals at the age of like 38. Um, so, so yeah, um, I guess maybe the prem is not as difficult or as um, competitive as English and Brits would like us to believe. Yeah, and you know, I'd actually like to transition this to just you know talk about Holland versus Mbappe, and you know, I don't want this to even, I don't even want to talk about this as a um, talent thing. I, did you see that video of the ref dropped his, uh, you know, the foam stuff they use for free kicks? I don't know the exact term of what it's called. But you see Holland run, pick it up, and then give it back to him? I mean, I Holland's not. just a he's, – he's just a good guy. Like, you know, you listen – he's always nice to fans. He's all this kind of stuff. And, like, I, I don't know. I, obviously, I don't know these people personally. But, you know, we do come across things. You know, like, you saw the people riding down the street, and he's walking through, and they're like – Hey Holland, you're on the wrong side of town. He's like, hey, like I know, like I'm here, like it's fine, you know, like I, I, all the only thing I see Mbappe doing is getting into fights with people, including his teammates. You know what I'm saying? So like, I don't know, man. Like I really don't know. Not not a big fan of his, you know, not a big fan of him as a person. And like, yeah, I know we all love that like Jordi Alba stuff. I'll when he was like, I'll kill you in the streets or whatever, and you know. But like, you know, that's also it's also kind of scummish. Like, don't you think? I mean, or am I am I off color on that one? I mean, we might sound a bit biased because of what happened with Mbappe and Real Madrid. I've but, always said this though. Yeah, but you know, that's how people. If you were to tell someone that, that's that's the first thought that's gonna pop into their heads, right? That you're just bitter that he didn't come to Real Madrid, but the fact is, the the very fact that he did not come to Real Madrid and what he did, um, and the way that he acted during that period is exactly why I'm so I'm so sure that Mbappe um, is not gonna fulfill his potential because. To fulfill your potential, you you have to have good mindset um, and a good personality um, to go with it. Like if you look at a, a player like Ronaldo, you you might say that he's he's an arrogant, he's arrogant, he he has too much confidence or whatever or whatever. I he- I heard someone the other day call him narcissistic, but um, Ronaldo put in the work. He um, he doesn't let. Anything that happens on the pitch affects him. He's surrounded, and and that's that's the important thing. He's surrounded by good people who know what's best for him. Except, except maybe for his agent, who's a, uh, who's a, who's an asshole. But yeah. you know, for the most part, Cristiano is surrounded by people who help him become the best version of himself. And that's why he's the best player ever. Mbappe, on the other hand, he listens to him. It's his mom's word, and his dad's word, like their co- like their gospel, right? He's still a little kid. He's still a little kid, and he's 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 almost twenty four, and he's still acting like a little kid, like a little kid. You look at Holland. He's a man, right? 
he yeah. he 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 knows how to take care of himself. He he doesn't make he doesn't make rash decisions. He thinks about what he wants to do. He knows what he wants to do, and he doesn't let anyone tell him what he should do or shouldn't do. Right? That's the biggest difference between Holland and Mbappe. Um, goals aside, potential aside, skills aside, talent aside, what really matters is the people that you surround yourself with. And Mbappe, he is surrounded by people who only do him harm. Um, and that's why Mbappe will only go downhill. Ever since Mbappe um, chose to stay at PSG, we don't hear about him. We don't hear about him. We don't, we don't know how, how many goals he scored. We don't know how he performed in a game. No one really cares about the French League enough unless you're a you know, if you're unless you're a Messi fan who watches every single Messi game, whatever. Uh, but apart, apart from that, no one really cares about um, watching the French league, um, and certainly not to watch it for Mbappe. Like, the only people who watch the French league for Mbappe were Real Madrid fans. Um, but now all you hear about is Holland because one, he plays in the Prem. Two, well. I mean, let's admit it. He's our number one target right now. Uh, and if there is a release clause, if it's 80 mil, if it's 200 mil, I am 100% sure that Real Madrid will play it. Holland, I am hoping. I don't care how much we have to pay for him. I don't care how. how I don't care what whatever salary he needs. Just give it to him. I really do. I really do think that. Holland belongs at Real Madrid. Yeah, and I think he'll be there one day. I think I think he will come one day. Um, you know, and I think he's really all. I think he is the final piece to the dynasty of what we are trying to build here. Especially if we nab someone like Jude Bellingham. I mean, eventually we'll. You know, we're going to need to find a left back. Maybe it's Miguel Gutierrez. You know, we're going to need to find a right back soon, but. To me, those positions are, one, easy to find replacements. They're usually not overly expensive unless, you know, they're like Joel Cancelo, who apparently, or Trent Alexander-Arnold, who I'm being told are the two best outside backs of all time, even though, you know, they've only been good for a handful of years, you know. But I digress on that notion. You know, we're going to need to fill those positions. We're going to need to find a partner for Millie Tao, but, you know, these are things that, aren't relevant right now you know if we added holland we're clear favorites for ucl we're clear favorites for the league every single year and we're clear favorites for the ucl for a number of years to come and you know also i think personality wise i think he fits a lot better than someone like mbappe and you know i i've said that from the get-go i've been very forward with that and you know some people might take this as being racist but it, you know it's not a racist thing it's just you watch them on the pitch and holland looks you know you see he's always posting videos of him working out you know he's always posting videos of him running up hills you know he's on the streets he's in the club like but when he's doing those things he's always nice to fans you know like you i've never heard anyone say a bad thing about holland the only thing you can say about holland and it's actually the reason i wasn't a fan at first was when you remember when they were losing to liverpool and they needed to win and he was with um salzburg and he he asked the coach for a bottle and he just freaking chucked it i was like yo this kid is gonna this kid looks like a nutcase but i misjudged that one moment i misjudged him completely which is fine you know we all have moments of 
when we're not at our best. But, you know, in that moment, I was like, look, I, I want to see him move to another club before I, you know. And then the moment I started watching him at Dortmund, you know, I watched a decent amount of Dortmund. I'm like, yo, this kid is a good guy. I, I want him. And, you know, like just the Mbappe stuff of like, you know, the PSG team making fun of Holland after they beat him and like, you know, just – that kind of stuff, you know, he doesn't seem like he has good influences, while on the opposite end, it seems like Erling Holland does have good influences. Yeah, I mean, um, Mbappe's parents are not good people, and the only, all they care about is money. Um, they're not looking at the sporting aspect. Um, if you look at the Mbappe saga, the only person that actually wanted him to go around Madrid was his lawyer. Um, someone who's not involved in the Mbappe family at all. Um, they kept saying that um, the only person who's going to make that decision whether to leave or to leave or stay is Mbappe. But eventually, I do think what changed his mind was the pressure. Him getting getting a call from the president of of France, which was insane to hear, and him admitting it. Um, this type of stuff should not exist in football. And again, we have to blame UEFA for it because they do not do anything to protect their players. Um, like um, to, like I said, to put someone like uh, Nasser Al-Khalifa as, an, as a representative for all um, European clubs is shameful. Um, and he is the guy that gave Mbappe exactly what he wanted, right? Whether that was illegal, whether it was not illegal, um, getting paid three hundred million, um, three hundred million a year plus his signing bonus. Um, yeah, if Mbappe wants to stay, I guess the man that we should all, all we should go for. And I'll say it again, it's the man we should have went for from the beginning. And I wish he, I will, and I do wish that we could have given him, um, we should have put in uh, more effort into buying Holland than, than we did Mbappe. But I guess it is, it is what it is. And we're going to have to wait until 2024 to know what's going to happen with that. But I do hope that one day Holland will wear the white shirt. And I do think that he's the type of player who's going to represent that club with blood and heart because he does have that aura. He does have the personality of um, a person who truly wants to win and who's going to, who, he's a, he's a player that I know for a fact will carry, um, will carry this club into greatness. Yo. Sorry, I was muted, didn't realize. Oops. So I had I had transitioned. I said I have nothing else to say about Holland. Um but I have nothing else to say about Holland or Mbappe, um either of them. But I do want to know your opinion on you know obviously I think the club isn't gonna make any moves in the winter transfer window. Do you find other do you think otherwise? I think it all depends on the World Cup. If a if a player, um, if a young prospect 
shines in the World Cup, Real Madrid are going to go for him. Whether it's in the winter transfer market, I do think we're going to go for him first in the transfer winter market. But as we know, um, clubs tend to refuse to let go of their players midseason. So it might not be possible to get him then, but I do think that movements will occur in the, uh, trans- in the winter transfer window. But like I said, it all depends on the World Cup. Movements on our end, you believe? Yes. And I do hope, I do hope that we will sell Asensio in the, uh, in the winter. Uh, I think we market. might. I think we might. But if we do, I think we might need to reinforce in some area. But maybe this is just let's call up a rebus and give him a shot. And, you know, if or if he impresses with the first team, like if we have a couple injuries and he ends up impressing with the first team, you know, I, I think there are options in place that might be, I'm not going to say better than the par- market, but, you know, cheaper than the market for now. Um, we're not usually very active in winter, you know, for ourselves, but I think Asensio might be on the move. Maybe, you know, I doubt Ceballos is on the move, but Asensio brings some sort of value and losing him for nothing would be not detrimental, but, um, is not optimal for the team. No, I think, um, even if we get like 15 mil for Asensio, it's definitely better than getting nothing. But I do yeah. hope we get some money for Asensio. Yeah, I would like some money because he's going to go for free. Um, and, you know, if Asensio did go, do you have anyone in mind that you would like to sign? <sighs> I actually just, I do not. There's not a single attack that I would like for us to sign at the moment. Me neither. <laughs> I mean, obviously I want Holland, but that's not Yeah, yeah, that's yeah I was going to say... <laughs> But, I was going to say, well, you know, I'd take Holland at the club, but... <laughs> yeah. Players that we can actually get realistic goals are... Realistic targets are not existent at the moment. Maybe, uh, like I said, maybe after the World Cup, we'll see. But honestly, I personally do not expect any surprises from the World Cup. But, you know, you never know. A player like James Rodriguez popped out of nowhere. Um, maybe, maybe we'll get another James. Who knows? Maybe uh, I just hope the uh, the career trajectory is different. Yeah, I'm. I I like Hamas as a person. No problems with him. His comments before the um the UCL Champions League final were not were not uh, were not. I just I, no. I never I didn't really like him. I didn't really like um, the way he spoke. I don't I don't like what he said. Uh, if you want to support your countrymen, that's fine, but don't shit on your own club. Don't don't yeah. say that you want him. You you want us to lose because we already won the Champions League before. The, the fuck you, bro. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Uh, any other talking points you'd like to touch on? I don't. I think we uh, I think we talked about everything that we need to talk about so far. Yeah. So I don't have anything else I'd like to touch on. So. Thank you all for listening. If you would like to stay updated, we do have a Twitter that we're going to try to update either news that we think is important on the club or anything. Be semi-active. We don't want to be like Madrid zone or anything like that and just be like, Hazard didn't play today. You know, like that's not who Zero we are. Zero minutes for Hazard in the, five, <laughs> in the past five games. Rage. We don't care about that. Rage. We don't care about that. Um, if we find some relevant news, we will probably look at it, but... 
you know, we just want to let the, you guys know if you're listening when we're going to pl- when we are going to post and, you know, maybe update about our opinions on things. You know, we're just trying to get this channel up and going. Um, that is La Casa Blanca pod. That's the at if you would like to follow it on Twitter. Um, other than that, thank you for I listening. May, I, I made the uh, display picture. So if you uh, if you would like to rate it, I would be uh, it would be much appreciated. If you give it less than an eight, then you're getting blocked. Thank you yeah, very much. Yeah, blocked immediately. I think it looks really nice to give give you some credit. I I think it looks really nice. Uh, thank you very much. Yeah. Um, Well, thank you all for listening, and I hope you all have a wonderful day.